All right. How we doing? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Man, so glad you guys are here. My name is Pastor Mark, like the team said. I get the privilege of leading the team here. I want to say a huge welcome to everyone here for the first time. Come on, y'all. Help me welcome everyone here for the first time. I love that you're here tonight. So glad that you are joining us. And like the team said, we're jumping into the second week of our series called It's Complicated. It's complicated. And uh, about once a year, we take some time to uh, talk through relationships. And last week, if you weren't here, I just want to encourage you. Why don't you just go back to the podcast and give it a listen? Because we spoke about godly standards. And I think that's the foundation that many of us need when it comes to this topic of dating and figuring out all that God has for us when it comes to relationships. And tonight, I want to jump into a talk that many of you are going to sit here and say, this has nothing to do with me. I'm going to just say that off the back. Don't leave. (laughs) Today, we're talking about singleness. Today, we're talking about singleness. I I know some of you sit here and say, well, I'm dating. I'm not single. I I just want to clarify something on the front end. If you're not married, you're single. If you're not married, you're single. If you're not married, you're single. And I believe this talk is important because some of you need to know prior to going into a relationship that God wants to do a greater work in you and your singleness. Prior to going into a relationship, God wants you to really understand he wants to do something inside of you before he does something through you. I really believe in this talk tonight because this is a lot of stuff that I struggled with and experienced uh, when it came to trying to figure out relationships. And I believe it's going to help you uh, navigate through this topic of relationships and singleness. And not only that, but going through the single season of life, it could be super discouraging. And I believe by the end of tonight, some of you are going to leave encouraged and whole. That's my hope for tonight. And I want to start here. Um, a couple weeks ago, celebrated my birthday, and I'm not looking for anyone to sing me happy birthday or anything, but no, please don't. Please don't. That's weird. Don't. Yeah, no, 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 no. A couple weeks ago, I celebrated my birthday, and I, what's weird about this is, like, I feel like as I get older, the more strange birthdays and holidays become. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, how many of you remember, like, when you were younger, like, Christmas, holiday season, right? Like, it was just, there was something just, just majestic about it, right? Like, Christmas, you make cookies, and you know, you put out the glass of milk, you write Santa a little note or whatever. Some of you are like, I still do that. We're praying for you. Um, yeah, seriously, I hope that you know Santa's not real. Anyways, um, hope that's not your first time hearing that. But there's just something about like now Christmas, it's not that majestic. It's just like a day. We celebrate Jesus. It's not about presents. It's not really about all that good stuff. Even our birthdays, it just becomes another day. Like, yeah, I was born. In fact, one of my team members came up to me about two and a half weeks ago, and they're like, oh, it's your birthday week. I'm like, it is? (laughs) It's like, yeah, is it Saturday or something? I'm like, great question. And it's not because, or it's not weird because it's it's a year where I'm getting older and trying to figure out life or because responsibilities change as we get older. It's not weird because I'm about to be a dad. Like, it's not weird because of any of that stuff. What makes it weird is the unique gifts you get as you get older, right? Like this past birthday, like I'm going to just show you this. Let me show you this. Let me show you. This past birthday, someone in my family, they just, they just, man, I love them. Just like my birthday comes around for the past couple years, I've been getting like back pads. (laughs) 
this past birthday, someone just, you're like, hey, there's a back scratcher. <laughs> and then someone really thought they could hook it up. They got your boy like one of these massage things that you put on your, your office desk. And they were like, you're going to love this thing. I'm like, Am, like, is my back going to be okay? Like, what are y'all trying to tell me? <laughs> like, like, help me understand what are you trying to tell me? And I was like walking around for the next few days, like making sure like my back's all right. Like, am I going to be all right? And I, I share that. I know, it's, I know it's funny. But there's always these gifts that we get that leave us like, why would you ever give me that? There's always this, these gifts that we sometimes get and it's like, it's the thought that counts. But we get in our car and we're like, what were they thinking? And the truth of it is, some of us, we don't realize we have a gift that God has given us called singleness. And a lot of us are sitting here saying, God, you can have that gift. (laughs) God, I I don't want that gift. And as I say, some of us have the gift of singleness. Some of you are sitting here saying, that's not a gift. That's not a gift. You see, some of us or all of us will welcome the gifts that we want. But the gifts that are unwanted, we will neglect them, we'll put them off. We don't leverage them or utilize them. And I want you to know today, God has given you the gift of singleness, and it's not for you to just sit there and let it go stagnant. It's for you to grow in your relationship with God first and foremost. It's for you to grow in your relationship with God and take hold of everything he has for you. In fact, I think many of us will just go through this single season of life and we'll try and rush through it. We'll just try and rush through it. And in fact, we rush through it so much, we jump into relationships that we were never ready for. We'll try and rush through the single season of life and we'll get into relationships that God never intended us to be in. Some of us will, will try and rush through a relationship or some of us, we tried to rush through our singleness and we got into a marriage. And I know this hurts, but some of us are now finding ourselves single again. You see, there's so much value in understanding singleness. Don't rush it. Wait on God and believe he's going to do something in you. There's value in waiting on God in the midst of your singleness. And what I want you to know tonight, in the single season of life, God will do his greatest work. In your single season of life, God will do his greatest work in your life. And I think this is so true about us. We want the happily ever after story but we don't want to do what it takes to live happily ever before. All of us, we we want the happily ever after story. We want the significant relationship. We want the dream marriage, but we don't want to do what it takes to live happily ever before. Today, many of us, we're eager to date. We're eager to marry. We're we're eager to change our status from singleness to in a relationship or married. Because even for some of us, we know singleness has a negative connotation tied to it like some of us feel like that status of being single it has a negative connotation tied to it because the world will put pressure on us to be in a relationship nowadays it doesn't look too cool to be single society makes you feel weird if you're single even some of our families they'll put pressure on us and make us feel like something's wrong if we're not in a relationship and make us feel weird if we're single in fact, I remember when I met uh, Michelle and we really started getting into each other. We wanted to do things the right way and we felt like, okay, we're going to start dating. And I felt it was very important to meet her family. 
And I remember uh, we met at a restaurant, we were in Miami, and what was so unique about this moment, we sit down at the table, this was my first interaction with her family. Sit down at the table, super awkward silence for about the first minute. I'm like, okay. I try to read the room, what's going on here? And finally her aunt looks at me, and she goes, you're real. We've been waiting on this. I look at Michelle, she's like red, literally so red in her face. I go, what, what was that about? I asked her later on and she's like, she started explaining to me, her family really was putting a lot of pressure on her. And they weren't doing it in a mean way. They were doing it because they believed the, to- uh, the clock was ticking for her. And it was about time she get into a relationship. You see, some of us, we have this overwhelming pressure that we put on ourselves to get in a relationship. People, family, friends, they put pressure on us to get into a relationship. And I want you to know today, some of you, you feel like your life will only begin when you get in a relationship. Some of you believe once you get out of singleness, then life begins. Some of you believe once you find the one, life begins. And I wanna let someone know, life doesn't begin when you get married or in a relationship. Your life begins when you start a relationship with Jesus. I just wanna say that to somebody today. Take the pressure off of yourself and lean into what God wants to do in your singleness. And there's a moment in, in the Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. That's where I really want to focus tonight. It's a moment where the Apostle Paul, he's writing to a group of people in a city called Corinth. And this city's in Greece. And Paul's writing to these people because they've been reaching out, the Christian group, the Corinthians were reaching out to Paul. And what they were asking Paul is, yo, like, how do we, how do, we do this whole marriage thing? How does this whole thing work with relationships? And Paul, in this moment, He begins to explain to them that marriage is valuable and important, but there's something greater that he doesn't want them to miss. He says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7 through 8. I wish everyone were single just as I am, yet each person has a special gift from God of one kind or another. So I say to those who aren't married and to widows, it's better to stay unmarried just as I am. He says this, I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. Verse 33, but a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests are divided, and in the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and in spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. Verse 35, don't miss this. I'm saying this for your benefit. Not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. See, at this moment, what Paul's telling the people or the Corinthians, he's telling them, those who aren't married, you got a great gift. You got a great gift. In fact, all of you, I wish that you were in the same situation as me. I know as you hear this, like some of you are like rebuking Paul and what he has to say in this moment. But he's saying, I wish some of you were unmarried just as I am. Because here's what Paul knows. Paul knows your horizontal relationships very easily can get in the way of your vertical relationship with God. He knows your horizontal relationships, your relationships with boyfriend, girlfriend, friends can even get in your relationship with Jesus. And some of you know this to be true. Some of you know this to be true because there's a guy or a girl that attends the exchange on Tuesday nights and 
you've been kind of interested. You've been eyeing them down and finally you like slid into their DMs, you hit them up. And you've been trying to spit game and you're like, let me just do it God's way and take my time though. <laughs> and you just drop the little hints here and there and then you show up on a Tuesday night and you're like, it's too premature for us to sit together. We don't want to blow our cover. <laughs> so so what, you, what you do is You'll make sure, though, that you're, like, in plain sight on a Tuesday night so she can see you in the front row. Like, you're extra passionate about worshiping. You're like, yeah. And you, like, look over to the side as you're doing it. Like, yeah, girl, you see this? You see all this passion? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Some of y'all all of a sudden just, like, know all the lyrics. Like, y'all just started coming to the exchange. You just started looking up all the lyrics and you're like walking in like let me make sure I got all the playlists for tonight but how many know like it, it, it's true but the thing about that is is that's extremely dangerous because that can become more about pleasing a person than worshiping your savior and I think some of us don't even realize but we've missed the point in this area because your relationships can cause you to miss out on who and what matters most relationships sometimes if you don't manage them right if you don't go into them healthy and whole, they can cause you to miss out on who and what matters most. And tonight, my hope is really to do this. My hope is to help you go through your single season in life a way where you're secure. A, a way where you feel secure. I, I want to give you five keys tonight that I believe will help you be single and secure. And the first one is this. The first one, if we want to be single and secure is focus on who you are becoming. We gotta focus on who we are becoming. Last week we spoke about godly standards. And we spoke out of Titus chapter two and we broke, broke that down and looked at what it ought to look like for a man and a woman. But how many of you know this is so true? You attract what you reflect. You attract what you reflect. Too often guys will say, I want a woman of character. I, I want a woman that truly fears God. My, my question for you, homie, is do you live that life? <laughs> is, is that the life you're living? Are you living a life that's going to attract a God-fearing woman? Yeah. Ladies, some of you say, you know, I, I, wanna, I want a God that's so lost in God. I, I want a God that really loves God and he, he loves God more than he loves me. My question for you would be this. Are you so lost in God that that man has to go through you to find or go through God to find Jesus? Like, like I think that sometimes we, we just kind of misplace our priorities and we think like if I could just get this relationship right here right, then maybe I can better follow God or pursue God. No, I need you to understand. Woman of God, man of God, get lost in Jesus. Get lost in Jesus. Be so lost in Jesus that that guy or that girl, in order to find you, they have to go through God. They got to go through God. And we all just start asking ourselves the question when it comes to focusing on who we're becoming. Am I being the person that the person I'm looking for is looking for? Am I being the person before I meet the person, in other words? Like, am I living the life that I want to attract? Am I, am I living an attractive life? Am I living the life of that who is committed to following after Jesus? And I love what Paul says in verse 32. 
He says, a single person has time to focus on the things of God. A, a single person has time to focus on the things of God. My question for you, in your singleness, are you truly running hard after God? Are you truly making your priority and your focus getting lost in God? Are you, is your focus growing in your character? Is your focus being the person before you meet the person? Is your focus living up to the godly standards that we spoke about last week? Or are you just going through singleness? You're just coasting. You're just going through it and allowing life to happen. Last week we read from Titus 2, and I love what it said, what Paul said in one of the lines. He says, don't just live your life, lead your life. Are you not just, are you leading your life or are you living your life? Are you just going through life, allowing life to happen, or are you leading a life that is focused and centered on God? And I love this because Paul in this whole chapter 7, he focuses on this one topic called time. And he keeps alluding to the fact that time is your greatest asset in life. And here's what I know. In your single season of life, if we're going to focus on being the person before we meet the person, if we're going to thrive in our singleness, we need to ask ourselves, how am I stewarding my time? How am I stewarding my time? I think this is so true. Men, we have a real problem. I spoke about it last week, but video games. It's an issue. In fact, there's a statistic out there that blew my mind. It says, on average, young men today, by the age of 21, they would have spent over 10,000 hours playing video games. Hear me on this. That's actually equivalent to having a full-time job for four years. Like, that ought to make you sick. Some of you don't even understand this, but your time... It's the most precious and valuable resource that you have. And so many of us today, we're losing our lives. We're losing sight of our lives because this thing that lives in our pocket called a phone. There's a statistic that says millennials today, on average, will touch their phones 2,600 times a day. Blew my mind when I heard that. 2,600 times a day. There's another statistic that says we'll spend... By the end of our lives, by the span of our lives, Gen Z and the millennial generation are on track to have lived 10 years holding on to their phone. Blows my mind because here's the thing about it. When you get home from church and you're just laying on your back scrolling through the feed for hours on end, you're missing an opportunity to grow in your relationship with God. You're missing an opportunity to spend more time with God, praying, reading his word, and getting lost in his presence. What's so interesting, so many of you men, you're like, I want a woman of God. I want a woman who loves Jesus. But bro, on Saturdays, you will literally devote 12 hours of your day to playing video games. You'd be like, I can't make it a serve Saturday. I got something better to do. I, I, don't, I don't know if that, if that really works in the eyes of God. And I'm not trying to be legalistic or extra about it. But some of you, you've been saying, I'm looking for a man of God. I'm not sure you're going to find him in the club. I'm not sure you're going to find the woman of God at Bar Howard. I'm not sure you're going to find them at McDitton's. I'm not sure you're going to find them hanging in South Tampa on a Saturday night. Where are you spending your time? Focus on who you are 
becoming. You want to thrive. You want to be single and secure. Focus on who you are becoming. The second point is this. If we want to thrive in our singleness, if we want to take hold of all that God has for us in our singleness, we've got to be well being alone. We've got to be well being alone. You've got to learn to be good with just God. You've got to learn to just love being in the presence of God and that be fine. I think about this, the irony of this. Paul, a man who not only is writing to the Corinthians and giving them relationship advice. This man was also used by God to build a church. This man was also used to do supernatural things for God. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. This man was single. He was single, and he was content with his singleness. I love what it says in Philippians 4, verse 11. Paul says, I'm content in all circumstances. I found myself content in all circumstances. I'm sure that's a reference not only to his living conditions, but also to his relationship status. And I wonder today, if you were to live this life alone, never have a spouse, would you be okay with that? Would you be content with that? Would you be content just having God and no one else to come alongside of you when it comes to your relationship status? I think it's a question we need to ask ourselves because I think when we look at our generation today, we've gotten to a place, and this is, this is just the truth. I want to share my, my heart today. We've gotten to a place as a generation where we're so codependent. Yeah. We're so codependent and we need, we need, we need someone else. We need someone to complete us. We need someone to come alongside of us. We need someone to tell us they love us. And I, I'm going to be honest, it's not our fault, y'all. Like, this is what the world has turned into. Yeah. Think about Hollywood. I don't even need to say names. Literally, you're just married. Haven't even finalized your divorce. Haven't signed the papers, and now you're with somebody else. Yeah. I, I don't even need to say names, but you probably know who I'm talking about. But we're in a time where people are so codependent. I need someone. I need someone to complete me. I need someone to come alongside of me. And for some of you, the idea of singleness, it's plagued you with angst and insecurities. The idea of just living this life of being single, it, it's plagued you with angst and insecurities and anxiety because being single, you sum that up as I'm unwanted or I'm unattractive. No one likes me. We adopt this victim mentality and start allowing the enemy to whisper these lies into our head. For some of you being single, men, it's bruised your ego. Trust me, I, I've been here before. Because here, here, here's how it bruises our ego. We like literally feast off of the idea of being pursued. We feast off the idea that we're getting attention from a girl. We feast off the idea that we've got somebody at our disposal. We f that fuels our fire. That gets us going. I think about this moment in the Bible, John chapter 4. It's a story of a woman at the well. Many of you heard this story before, but what's so interesting about this is this woman, she's a Samaritan woman. She finds herself at a well one afternoon. Jesus encounters her at the well. Jesus asks her, woman, could you give me a drink? She goes, sir, I'm sorry. I'm a Samaritan. You're a Jew. At that moment, there was a racial divide. 
she'd be crossing the racial divide. She says, I, I can't give you a drink, sir. I'm sorry. And Jesus looks at her and he goes, woman, if you knew who I am, you'd give me a drink. You would give me a drink. And not only that, Jesus begins to speak to her relationship status. He calls her out. He says, woman, you've, you've had five husbands and the guy that you're sleeping with, I don't even want to get on you and talk to you about it. But woman, if you knew who I am, not only would you give me a drink, you would ask me for a drink and the drink that I'm offering you will satisfy your thirst and give you eternal life. He says, woman, I, I could give you living water. Don't miss the point, y'all. Some of you, you become so thirsty for attention. You've been so thirsty looking for a guy to just give you a look. You've been so thirsty living for likes. But let me tell you something today. You don't need to be living for likes on Instagram. You are looking for love from an almighty God. And he is after you. Would you let him give you a drink? Would you let him fill your cup? Would you let him give you what you have been looking for? You've been looking so hard. You've been trying to be approved, accepted. Been trying to get this feeling of value from man or woman. You're missing the point. Because you'll always feel like you're living on E. You'll always feel like your cup is half full. And God's just saying, would you let me give you a drink? Would you let me just fill your cup? See, some of you need to understand being single isn't an act of God's punishment. It's an act of God's protection. Yeah, it's not an act of God punishing you, but protecting you. And maybe he's telling you, you just got to follow after me and keep running after me. And soon enough, you'll look to the right and you'll see that person. Don't rush the process of your singleness. And I think about this when it comes to trusting God with our singleness. This is a very important fact. We got to stop lowering our standards and learn to lengthen our patience. Friends, don't lower your standards. Learn to lengthen your patience. Don't lower your standards. Lengthen your patience. When it comes to singleness and waiting on God, we want to rush through it. We just want to go through it. We grow impatient and we end up going for someone or a relationship that God never intended us to be in. And the truth of it is, we miss out on God's best when we rush. I just want to encourage somebody today, you're probably in your late 20s. Friend, hear me on this. Waiting is working. You just feel like you're at the end of the road with this whole relationship thing and you're just going to settle and lower your standard. Waiting is working. Trust God with your singleness. Waiting is working. And I think women of God, wait on God. Women of God, you got to learn to wait on God. Men of God, you got to learn to wait on God because God is developing you. He's building your character. He's doing something inside of you in that moment. Wait on God. I think about Proverbs 18, verse 22. It says this, he who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. He who finds a wife finds what is good and finds favor from the Lord. Friends, men, you ought to ask yourself this question. Is she wife and material? If she's not, get out. Is she wifey material? If not, it's time to get out. Don't settle. Don't feel like you need to stay in that relationship. You may enjoy it now, but you'll be miserable later. Don't settle. 
Woman of God, don't settle. I love what Ephesians 5.25 says. It says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Woman, you deserve a man that will give you his best, a man that will serve you, a man that will honor you and see you for who you are, a daughter of the Most High King. Don't settle. I think the most important thing I want you to understand is when you know your worth, you'll stop giving discounts. When you know your worth, you'll stop giving discounts. Don't miss the point. Some of you need to stop dating and jumping into relationships like you could be bought at a thrift store. Wait on God. Wait on God. Don't settle. Believe God has more for you. You should just rack your, or rock your world when you think about this. Jesus paid the ultimate price for your life. Why are you giving discounts? Don't settle. The fourth one is this. We want to live a life that's single or secure in our singleness. We need to understand we've got to work through our woundedness. We want to thrive in your singleness. Work through your woundedness. So many relationships today, they're failing before they begin because you've got two people who are broken, two people who are wounded, Two people who have failed to deal with their baggage. Two people who have failed to deal with their past hurts. And they come together with this idea that they can complete one another. Can I tell you, that's the most far off thing. Because when you put God-sized expectations on a significant other, when you put God-sized needs on a significant other, when you put God-sized expectations on a spouse, your relationship's bound to fail. Your relationship is bound to fail. Some of you walked through some difficult times. People have hurt you. People have wronged you. People have physically abused you. People have done some really wrong to you. And I want you to know, a relationship won't fix that. Only Jesus can. Jumping into a relationship won't fix that. Only Jesus can. And some of you, you find yourself in this season of singleness again. The marriage failed. It didn't work out. You're finding yourself in this place again. You've experienced great hurt. You've experienced great trauma going through divorce. The question is, what are you going to do different this time? Question is, how are you going to respond to that moment? Don't let the baggage, don't let the woundedness of that process, the divorce process, and the trauma that you faced and the hurt that you experienced. Just pile up and go from relationship to relationship with you. No, friends, you need help. Start with Jesus and get the help that you need. I think about great classes and resources that we have at Grace Family Church, freedom. I just went through it last semester. One of the greatest experiences of my life, I was able to dig through wounds and hurt and baggage that I didn't even know I had. Some of you who've actually experienced divorce, there's so many people in the room that have. We have a resource called Divorce Care. It's a perfect way for you to navigate through the process and come out finding the healing and the hope that you need. Don't stop there. Don't stop with just allowing the baggage to add up. And as your pastor, this is something that's heavy on my heart because both Michelle and I, my wife and I, we both come from broken homes on both sides of our family. And we experienced this. We didn't have someone to model a healthy marriage for us. 
And a lot of the stuff that we experienced as children, it piled up, it added up. And we never really talked about it with anyone. And it followed us into our marriage. In the first year of our marriage, it was some of the most painful conversations. It was some of the most challenging times. There was moments where we looked at each other and said, we love each other, we're after each other, but why is this happening? And I just want to tell someone today, work on your woundedness before you do anything else. Work on your woundedness. Last thing I want you to get as I close and the band comes up, if we want to thrive in our singleness, if we want to thrive, not just go through it, if we want to thrive, if we want to take hold of everything that God has for us, we've got to run after Jesus. We've got to run after Jesus, not only in your singleness, but in every season of your life. You've got to run after Jesus. Some of you are married in the room. You guys are called to run after Jesus together. Run after him with all that you have. And I love this verse in 1 Corinthians 7 as Paul, as he finished up in that moment in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 29, he says this. But let me say this to you, dear brothers and sisters. The time that remains is very short. So from now on, those with wives should not focus only on their marriage. Those who weep or who rejoice or who buy things should not be absorbed by their weeping or joy by their possessions. Verse 31, those who use the things of the world should not become attached to them. For this world, as we know, will soon pass away. And I think it's interesting when we read this, it's easy to get lost in what Paul is trying to communicate in this moment. But what Paul is saying is everything in the world is going to pass away at a point in time. All of this is going to come to an end. The material, the jobs, the wealth, the home, and even your relationships. It's all going to come to a pass. My mom used to tell me as a kid, son, you can't take a U-Haul to heaven with you. All of it's going to pass at a point in time. The truth of it is this. This is a teaching moment. That includes your marriages. There's not going to be a need for marriage in heaven. Because all we're going to want to do is focus on God. All we're going to want to do is focus on worshiping him. So my question for you tonight is this. Why not start now? Why not shift your focus now? Why not make this about worshiping God, living for Jesus, focused on his work, focused on his word, and stop seeking the approval of man. Stop seeking attention from others. And stop worrying yourself with your singleness. Because I think there's a greater message in this text that we read tonight. We gotta start reevaluating our priorities because when we run after Jesus in our singleness, not only will we find a sense of security, we'll find success. Not only will we find a sense of security, but we will experience great success. And some of you in the room tonight, you just need to be reminded, don't make this about getting into a relationship with a guy or a girl. Don't make this season of your life about dating. Make it about finding all that God has for you. Right now, I want everybody to stand to your feet. Because here's what I know. Many of us, we've walked in the room, we've heard the message on singleness several different times, several different ways. 
but there's still something in our heart. And I want you to know, if you truly believe in God, if you truly trust in his faithfulness, you will believe God not only when things seem like they're going up against you, but even when things are going good. Because why? Great is his faithfulness. Friends, don't miss the point. Don't miss the point. We sang the song, Great is Your Faithfulness. Don't just let this be a song. Make this a declaration and a prayer. Let this be the truth that comes from your heart. You believe in God because why? He is faithful. So everyone across the room, I want everybody right now, we're going to take a moment. We're going to sing this song. I want you to declare this truth of your life right now. Great is His faithfulness.